0: hello welcome to the pre-admission clinic roads to anesthesia i'm dr matt and this is our inaugural podcast in a a planned series um i'm joined by my co-host and friend dr david welcome
1: good evening matt it's nice to be here and i'm excited tonight to be uh Able to finally talk about uh, anaesthetics after we've put a bit of thought into this.
0: I feel the same way, and and we do like talking about anaesthetics and the pathway to to, to that as a career. Um, what exactly will we be talking about tonight?
1: Yeah, definitely. We've um, spent many a coffee, I think, by now um, chatting this stuff through. And uh, look, we'll be talking about the road leading to HMO three. Uh, which is kind of the job before you get the job Um, we're going to be focusing on everything before you get to the point of applying for the program Um, because really it begins well and truly a lot a lot more early a lot earlier I should say uh, than than um, just applying to the program and uh, Mm. I got I don't know about you if this was your uh, experience but I got Kind of not really much information off the internet. I remember typing to Google, how do I get into anesthetics? You know, a couple oh, of things yeah. come up, mm. just not much available, you know, emails, thousands of, you know, sit down chats, uh, you know, thousands of hours, I should say, spent, spent chatting. It's quite uh, remarkable quite when months. you
0: look back at it, isn't it? It's a yeah, lot of conversations with lots of yeah. different people
1: absolutely yeah so um we've really i think this is probably going to be the collation of all that inform- information that we've um we've uh, gotten together and uh i suppose the listeners would be wondering why are you going to be able to talk about it matthew so would you like to where are you at at the moment in your career uh well
0: um Slightly different to yourself, but I, I am a resident mm. at the moment in um, Melbourne, mm. Victoria, Australia. Mm. I'm at a metropolitan health service as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Very interested in a career in anesthetics. Uh, probably mm-hmm. started looking at it really seriously penultimate and final year of medical school with a rotation here mm. or there.
1: That's um, an interesting point. We might
0: revisit that in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of grew on me from there. And mm. I, I'm just in an interesting stage at the moment, David. I'm mm. I'm I'm at a point where last year I was lucky to get some interviews mm. for um for some jobs that had anaesthetics rotations in them. Yep. And I was not successful in getting an mm. offer for a job that mm. was going to suit me for this year. Mm. So I um, I've held out another year and I'm yep. and I'm going around again to see if uh, there's any increased interest. Oh.
1: Just on that, um, I mean, obviously, rejection is an inevitable part of this process because, uh, you know, we're talking about hundreds of people for minimal amount of jobs. Um, I do remember sitting down and chatting with you vaguely, but, you know, you were faced with um, staying at your hospital, not doing anaesthetics or, you know, moving elsewhere. What what kind of made you, made, made up, well, I suppose, made up your mind to stay where you were at?
0: Well. I think the decision, it didn't come all at once. It felt like it came over a, a period of time, probably in the order of weeks and months, really, mm. um, where I, I felt that my opportunities were um, going to be shaped by staying in the same place and um, and working on my relationships and networking where I am mm. uh, with a fear that moving elsewhere might Potentially slow me down uh, in other ways. Mm. So, yeah. In a nutshell, despite not having an anesthetics term this year, and it is essentially putting me back twelve months um, in terms of applying for for the college and training later. Um, yeah, I, I felt that it may have jeopardised that eventual college application if I decided yeah. to move. Um, but yeah. I guess different to myself, um, you you almost the opposite in that you, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, did make the jump. So tell us about yeah. that.
1: Well, yeah, I suppose positives and negatives. You, I sort of agreed with your decision at that time um, to stay where you were at. And I was at a different health service um, and probably one that offered anaesthetics earlier. And in a, in a similar vein to you, had interviewed at a few places, gotten close, but not quite, gotten an HMO3 job and then ended up getting an HMO3 job at a, a different health service um, and kind of sat down and, and thought, you know, what do I really have a chance here and what chance do I have elsewhere? And yeah, I guess uh, followed another path. And, you know, I suppose uh, hopefully in future podcasts, we'll find out if that if that turned out well. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, a tricky one.
0: Yeah, and, and it and I guess that also emphasizes the point that we're we're both, although in slightly different positions, um, similar in that it's very much an unfolding story, isn't it? Um and, true, and that's true. And what you mentioned earlier about focusing on that that job before the job, in a sense, the, the critical care HMO or anesthetics job as a resident as being the yeah. important um, kind of rate limiting step that we're both approaching Pretty in sure. slightly different ways. But I guess the end um, end goal and destination mm. is probably going to be similar, isn't it?
1: Pretty sure. And look, just before we get further into it, I just want to put out a little disclosure there that uh, any of these views don't represent my employer's views, and I won't be identifying my employer um, during this podcast,
0: can you, throw me uh, in? Can you throw me in with that
1: one? <laughs> and that applies to Matthew as well. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> Matt, I guess you, what's, from your point of view, it's a pretty complex question, but what is the anaesthetic landscape as far as you see it? I think
0: you look at it as what's the the destination and 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 from our point of view as, as residents or early career doctors the destination is mm. the the training program that's run mm. through the college of anesthetists um, mm. and there's the training with the basic and advanced um, parts to that that comes later over five years or so um, mm. but our focus is probably as we've just said on the on the step before that um, yeah which is the the HMO and residence um, anesthetics rotations and look, mm. Interestingly, I'm not sure if you've seen this or not, but on the college website, uh, they state that the the requirement is that you've had 24 months of work um, mm. as, as a doctor, and that mm. makes you eligible to apply. But not For not sure. feeling that that's For necessarily sure. going to be enough. So, um, getting yeah. that rotation and 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 then therefore the re- referees that you work with and um, Working yeah. on your CV and cover letter and so yeah. forth, for all the things
1: that are going to count. Um, and yeah, and I, I I just want to jump in there and say this is probably why this podcast is relevant because anaesthetics has had this explosion of popularity in the last oh, maybe ten or fifteen years or so, and I think there's you know some in in some specialties which have been you know popular for for years and years there's been kind of a move to, well, you know, we've got to just purely um, make it a point system. Um, Anesthetics, I don't think we're at that just yet, but it's evolving at the moment because the demand is is going up and up and up. And um, I think the the goalposts are moving in terms of selection criteria. Is, Is that fair to say at the moment? It
0: feels a bit like that. Again, from what we hear speaking to colleagues that are a couple of years ahead, um, certainly getting the feeling that it, it might not be formally stated anywhere, but there there is something going on in the background in the way of um, sort of quantifying these things. And um, Yeah.
1: And, and that's the, not to say that it's surreptitious at all. Uh, it's more no. just, it's more the fact that, you know, in order to cope with demand, it's difficult to understand, you know, each year, the amount of jobs, the amount of positions and your competition is just changing all the time. So, you know, that's why kind of when I go to someone for information, it would be, you know, a brand new registrar, someone who got in three years ago, it's, it's probably already changed. I would say.
0: Yeah, no, I, 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 I'd agree. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and with, with that, going back to, um, when uh, sort of my decision-making in terms of moving into another year at the same health service and and going around again with the applications um, Mm. and you making that change. um, Mm. And you did make that change from a service that did offer anaesthetics quite early. Um, What was the thinking behind that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean it's 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 a huge positive anesthetics early on in a service and you know it's it's something that made me pick that service um but you know if you on the on the flip side if you don't get that you can it can be an early kind of bottleneck or lockout as such so i probably was thinking i i i can't, probably came to anesthetics in you know internship um in reality i probably had to be preparing earlier kind of late med school um so you know positives and negatives really of having the um early anesthetics rotation whereas at your um hospital uh, is it they only had it in pgy3 is that right
0: it's yeah it's it's often a little bit later and it, and it creates a different yeah. landscape absolutely mm. um yeah. So yeah, yeah, a bit different to yourself in a position where you can only do the rotation, um, yeah. in your third year out or thereafter and yeah, right. look, very very competitive, similar to other places. Um, yeah, less, less than 10 spots. And, um, as I said, I, I'll give it another go this year and I'll be applying pretty widely. Uh, and yeah. I think as we move into our sort of PGY3, PGY4 years, we even look ahead to mm. some other options that um, that are out there yeah. in, in terms of some unaccredited positions that you might know a little bit more about coming from your service.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, um, the I guess the unaccredited spots are this nuanced position where you're not on the program, but you're still working as an anaesthetics reg. Um, And it's great because you're, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with the people who are going to be selecting for positions. You're doing the job of an anaesthetics registrar, but there's not very many around um, Mm. that exist. So they're pretty tough to get. Mm. Uh, But, you know, uh, if, if you've got a service that has them, they're great because if you don't, convert that HMO3 position to the program, you've got an option there to kind of uh, have a backup, I suppose.
0: And it's pretty tight, that 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 sort of step between the critical care year as a resident and then the college, isn't it? It's not a direct sort of step from one to the other. Um, people do miss out, um, very yeah. good candidates miss out and they take that yeah. extra year to um, yeah. to get a bit better from what I understand. Um, so that Absolutely. sounds like it's a good option.
1: Absolutely. A consultant the other day just mentioned to me that, you know, you will stumble at some stage during your training, whether it be, you know, not getting on first time, failing the primary, um, you know, there will be a stumble there. Um, Matthew, you just said something before about, um, you know, you're at a service where there's no anaesthetics before PGY3. I'm kind of curious, how how do you compete then? Like, is it is that make it a level playing field or is it Is it just more difficult or do you compete in other ways to get that position?
0: Yeah, there's no known explicit thing or criteria um, to follow. From what I've seen, um, and again, this is in conversations with people that are a few years ahead and um, with staff as well, uh, Mm. you're really doing your best in terms of the CV, I think, for that couple Mm. of years before the third year. Um, putting together a bit of a case for, for, for the, for the job um, with some Ah, anesthetic, anesthetic specific work. And that, that can be in the form of research and audits. And there are a few courses that are out there as well that um, we may visit a little bit later in the podcast series, mainly those things um, that then I think open opportunities for, for networking in the department and being known to to staff. Um, And of course, while you're doing all that, you, you, finding your feet as a early career doctor and getting the most out of your other rotations and and that's something that's been emphasized to me by some um, senior staff in the anesthetics department as well as to um, don't don't disregard the the medical terms or the surgical terms that you're doing there's still a lot to learn in them as you make your way towards a
1: potential career in anesthetics yeah ah, uh, that's interesting cuz on on the flip side of that being at a place where it was offered early your, your job interview kind of came with your anesthetics rotation um and getting that anesthetics rotation was more about you know uh, having a relationship there or um doing well in your internship interview so yeah that's an interesting difference between the two services you you very much go through the unit and then you know if you do well you get an interview or you go on and get the position
0: what do you reckon it is in, in in a service like that where you've got the really early anesthetics? You just mentioned the interview, but do you do you think there are mm. things that play before that? Or
1: I think it wouldn't hurt to go and um, engage with your medical workforce early. Um, I know you know doing your doing your medical student rotations there um, can't hurt either, and having some sort of relationship in the department. You could probably and make then, a bigger
0: impression than you think at that point, can't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think so. It's it's kind of um, you know one of the benefits if you are thinking early, you you know, you can think about where you're going and where you're going to do your placement and make a relationship there, and then do well in your internship, and then probably a quick email or just I've heard of some people who popped down a medical workforce and said, hey, you know, what what do I have to? Well, yeah, a um, a cab sav, and what do I have to do to get an (laughs) anesthetics rotation?
0: It sounds like it's a bit like that, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No, you, you need to keep on it, don't you? You can't you can't let it um, let it go for too long. Um,
1: yeah, because of the, yeah. the
0: the competition that's there. Absolutely.
1: We've covered a bit of ground, Matt. So, um, do you want to recap what we've talked about? Because there's a bit to digest there.
0: There is, and and there'll be more to come um, if we make it back for some more episodes, and I and, I, and we do plan to. Uh, <laughs> well, you've you've met us, Dr. Dave and Dr. Matt. Uh, We'll be your co-hosts for the rest of the series. And we've touched Mm. on the the pathways to the the College of Anaesthetists and the Mm. step before that with the critical care HMO year and the anaesthetics rotation and the importance of that. Mm. Um, Also, the unaccredited anaesthetics registrar roles are out there. Um, And and I think we've probably touched on this gently, but a, Mm. a big part of this is also... Just having a chat about things and and yeah. being able to um, debrief because there's a lot of pressure that comes with this competition. Um, and Ooh, yeah. I know yeah. I know over our numerous coffees and breakfasts that mm. we often arrive at this point of saying um, it's really nice to share the experience with somebody else. Um, For sure, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. It, completely agree. I think I think that there's that cathartic side to it, um, and, yeah. and and it's also. Good for good for your own probably sanity at times. Um, True. So, True. if you if you if you're happy to come back and chat chat again, David, uh, oh, what, what's what's up
1: next? Look, I'll I'll check my schedule, but I think I can make some time. So we'll probably talk a bit more about service specific pathways and um, you know what you're aiming at in the different services. We might talk a little bit about the uh, domains of the CV, getting some referees. We could bring in some cover letters there. If the budget sort of uh, allows, I believe we've got some colleagues at multiple services, some who could potentially be accepted into the training program by the time we come back. So Wait we'll, to hear back
0: from their secretaries, hey?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we won't won't throw anything out, won't confirm anything until we've got a signature, but that might be a possibility in the future. And uh look, I think between you and I, the other day I sat down and, and collated this, we've got we've got contacts at all the major health services. So we'll what be we able to draw out a landscape of um, pre pre-ANSCAR and pre-applying to the program at all the major health services. So probably save you thousands of hours of coffee, but who am I to who am I to speak?
0: I, I like the sound of it. Um so it's 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 good to um good to look forward, and we mm. do enjoy um the the prospect of talking about all those things.
1: Mm. You've been
0: listening to uh, Dr. David, Dr. Matt. This is the pre-admission clinic, uh, roads to and pathways to anaesthetics. Uh, we might even might even put up our um our, our podcast and some associated social media um, for for marketing and advertising at some point, David. But uh, yeah. until then thanks for your time and we'll uh we'll be back
1: good evening